Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. Today is December 7th, 2021. I'm Trey Crowder, and that is Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? A day that will live in infamy, Trey. Um, that's today, right. right? Today's Pearl Harbor? Yeah. Yes. Uh, how you been, buddy? A busy weekend. I saw Hamilton. Uh, uh-huh. uh, not really a musical theater guy. Don't want to go into too much, but it has some yeah. good bops. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, I didn't think yeah. you were like, too, too much of a fan of it. I was going to add. I mean, you know, I feel like... If you're just a person who just don't get down with musical theater at all, then you're, you know, Hamilton ain't going to convert anybody, I don't think. Uh, but if you can, if you can, you know, handle it, you know, generally, depending on the subject matter, I enjoyed it. I've only seen it on Disney Plus. I haven't seen it live like you did. And of course, it's not with the same cast or whatever, but I thought it was delightful, me personally. Yeah. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed the Disney Plus version. I'd, I'd seen that before. I'd seen it live. It's also like, I don't like big crowds, and uh, it was three hours long. So that's the that, that, effects. Cast was fantastic. Uh, the music is fun. Uh, I think generally I'm just annoyed by Alexander Hamilton, the person. So that's probably okay. part of it. <laughs> All right. I mean, uh, I mean, a, a five minute rap about the Federalist Papers is something we would make fun of someone for doing on SKUs. So that's sort of, uh, it's just, I mean, if you like, look, if you, if you don't like musicals, you already think they're corny and, uh, Hamilton leans into it, buddy. So, right. uh, if you like it, you'll like it. Yes, it does. You definitely, it requires a certain amount of buying in for sure. Like you gotta be on board with the whole deal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also over the weekend, uh, a judge in Alabama issued an injunction to issue, uh, to stop the, you know, that, that mine strike that's been happening for like nine yeah. months issued an injunction to keep them from picketing, which is a clear violation of the first amendment. It hasn't really happened since the Gilded age, but since we're doing the Gilded age all over again, I guess it sort of makes sense. Yeah, um, that is, uh, that's classic Alabama judge right there, buddy. Just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, doing whatever Did- the hell they want. What is the rationale for that from that guy? People should just want shut better up pay. and go to work. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quit, quit bitching and go back to work. That's pretty much exactly that's the only uh, justification yeah. he needs. Yeah, I mean, I get you could probably say that like it's like restraint on trade or I don't know. I, I didn't even look at his his logic doesn't matter. It's like it's not something that's typically done, so it, it, he can make up his reasons. Um, also, they fucking caught they, they arrested those Michigan school shooters' parents. You've been following that story. Yeah, I know that they like. Got him the gun and and wrote a letter to Trump thanking him for allowing people that kids to have guns or some shit and all this. And then after he did the horrible thing he did, they immediately tried to bail, tried to run off to Canada or somewhere like that and uh, didn't yeah. work out for him. The school caught him like shopping for ammo on his phone and told the yeah. parents and the mom texted him to be more careful to not get caught. And then when their kid got arrested for a fucking school shooting, they tried to flee to Canada with $4,000 cash. It was like, what the – like – how little do you give a shit about your kid, man? I don't understand these people. Like, it, you're just gonna abandon him to go through to go through a death penalty trial by his fucking self? I, it's just like awful I mean, people all around. Yeah, well, you know, they hadn't set the bar very high for themselves parentally to begin with. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm, saying, I'm not not shocked that uh, they ended up being huge pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm surprised yeah. they were uh, both still present for as long as they were, long enough to you know. Uh, encourage him to do that before abandoning <laughs> abandoning him. Yeah, that was an incredibly fucked up situation there. Yeah. Plus, uh, how long can you survive in Canada on four thousand dollars, even with free health care? Like, you got to right. like, you're gonna. But Tim Hortons, how many meals at Tim Hortons can you eat for four thousand dollars? Well, also, <laughs> and I, I mean, I get for them, it's a little dip because they were up in Michigan anyway, and Canada's like right mm-hmm. there. But it's always mm-hmm. funny. I don't know the idea of like fleeing to Canada, you know, like from these people is always kind of funny to me because it's like we have an extradition treaty with them canada ain't gonna fuck mm-hmm. with that and i know they're you know they're going on the land they're gonna live off the grid in the great white north or whatever the hell but yeah it's like never really a uh, feasible strategy and in, in my opinion producer matt says we're not sending our best to canada <laughs> and that's uh definitely true. yeah yeah i mean like the idea i mean these people they turned their cell phones off so they thought they would get caught but they parked their car right in front of the place they were hiding so, uh, they, as we learned from January 6th, these people don't have very good OPSEC, thank God. Uh, and one more small update. We don't need to uh, go into it too much because we already talked about these morons a bunch. But those two dipshits are still camped out in Dallas like it's all Occupy Wall Street. Any so, day uh, now. Any day now, Mark. Any day okay, Junior going to come walking down that golden you know, avenue from the sky or however they think it's going to work and solve mm-hmm. all this uh, this vampire problem we got. 
Yeah. We'll see who's laughing, Mark, when he finally does show up. Just because he's, whatever, six weeks late, still. <laughs> Do you know how hard I'd laugh if it did come true? Like, I would not feel owned at all. I'd be like, oh, this is fucking amazing. This is... <laughs> Dude, I, I just wonder, it's like, I mean, obviously they're very committed to it, but like, is there a breaking point for any of the, for the people that are still there at this point? Or do they just like, do they just live there now? Like that's just. Trey, there are parents who abandon their kids to go to this thing and their spouses have cut off their credit cards and try to make them come home because they're blowing through the life savings to uh, attend Palooza in Dallas. So I don't, I think they're beyond and in a few years when they're like homeless living out of a cardboard box down there in Dallas mm-hmm. and when they're going to be screaming the same shit they were when they got off the plane there in the first place. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. FK's coming back from the dead. We all know it. And everybody's just going to be like, oh man, it's a shame what's going on with the mental health crisis and the homeless population <laughs> out here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you have no idea. Yeah, they were crazy when they had houses. This ain't ain't the problem with them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with us as always is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. Want to remind you if you're vaccinated and want to see me live, you can go to wellreadcomedy.com for tickets and stuff. We'll be in uh, Naples, Florida this weekend at Off the Hook Comedy Club. And after that, back home in Nashville for some pre Christmas shows at Zany's. Some good stuff in the new year, too. So go to wellreadcomedy.com and uh, come and see us. Okay, on the show. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the Voltron of assholes that has assembled for the assault on Roe v. Wade. Also, the overwhelmingly negative media coverage Joe Biden has objectively been getting. And Marjorie Taylor Greene almost, but of course not quite, falling bass backwards into making sense about something. You'll understand that later. All that and more on tonight's skews. But first, the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, COVID doctors for never once trying that old staple of papaw medicine, rubbing some dirt on it. Matt, play the clip. Story. It's about how the internet fueled and then defeated a multi-level marketing fan that was selling dirt in plastic bags for $110. The website for Black Oxygen Organics, or BOO, B-O-O for short, encouraged its users to wear, bathe, and even drink the dirt, with private Facebook groups claiming it could cure everything from autism to cancer to Alzheimer's disease. Okay. (laughs) So this story is fucking wild. So this company had been selling just bags of, not big bags of dirt, little bags of dirt. Yeah, I was about to say, first question, obviously, how much dirt are we talking here? $110. You'd think that'd go pretty far in the dirt game, but not the case, Mark. No, not much. Yeah. I mean, dirt's heavy, so you're really running up the cost of shipping if you try to shift a large point. So what you do is you say, it's little little dirt's all you need, right? I mean, it's just dirt, so no amount of dirt's, no no extra amount of dirt's going to cure more disease. So it's really, they're not lying when they just give you a little bit, right? So... (laughs) So this company's apparently been doing this for a long time, but um, it was a multi-level marketing thing. So it's like, you know, Herbalife or whatever. So all these people were invested in it. So when COVID hit, this is a big profit-making opportunity for all these people who sell shit out of their house. So they they uh, they got more heavily invested in it. Um, but then the, the Canada, Canadian government started cracking down. We got, we got a Canada-heavy episode tonight, I guess. Um because this was being shipped in from Canada. So they started making bootleg black market dirt. It's not even the real dirt dirt. <laughs> I mean, what? Like, what? What does that even mean? So they did have some kind of somewhat special dirt that clearly didn't well, cure cancer and shit, but there was something different about it. But then they ran out and they're like, oh shit, we're going to have to like, <laughs> we're going to have to pawn this bullshit dirt off as the real yeah. deal, the real dirt that people think they're paying for. Uh, Maybe it's because of environmental standards. The Canadian dirt was better. But what happened was when they started subbing in the new dirt. Uh, somebody tested it. They found it had t- uh, t- two bra- two doses per day exceeded in Canada's limit for lead and three doses for daily arsenic amounts. So they were, people were drinking dirt with lead and arsenic in it. <laughs> yeah, doses uh, of dirt. What is the recommended daily dosage of dirt, by the way? Like the <laughs> recommended daily dirt intake? Because uh, whatever it is, I think these people are getting more of it. Um, well, I eat half my food off the floor, so I'm getting my, my RDA. Well, see, that's what – so in looking at this, that's part of what their whole deal is, isn't it? It's like the – like meaning like, you know, they're really taking that God made dirt, dirt won't hurt thing that every mamma has said a little bit too far. But part of what they're 
in addition to saying it literally cures Alzheimer's and shit, so there's no uh-huh. length to which they won't go, but they're saying like, rub it all over your kids' faces, bathe your babies in it, rub, because it's like, this is where immune systems are built. Like, that's how, that's part of what they try to pitch it on, right? It's like, you know, it's like, oh, everybody's yeah. too soft now, cleaning dirt off their food like a bunch of pansies. This is how you build up an immune system, eat a shitload of dirt, and then next thing you know, no more diseases. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, all this health and wellness <laughs> stuff, a lot of it is, is premised on the idea that everything natural is automatically better, which, yes. uh, right. you know, dirt, dirt has a lot of shit in it, literally. Right. Um, it's not necessarily true. And if you think that all natural is better, turn your AC off and go sleep in a mud pile. I know what to tell you, it's not, uh, it's, a, it's uh, de facto not true. <laughs> yeah, uh, and not the, the, the innumerable numbers of, uh, or varieties of like mushrooms that'll just kill you stone dead. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like arsenic is a natural compound, mm-hmm. is it not? I mean, it's in so this mercury. dirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mercury. Yeah. Like the idea that, yes, natural equals better has never mm-hmm. really made any sense, but they definitely take that ball and run with it. And what's more natural than a big old bag of dirt? Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, last week, the company, uh, the, the guy who led this company, uh, <laughs> of course, a lot of these health and wellness MLO schemes market primarily towards women, but this company had to be run by a dude who called himself the Mud Man, because of course he does. That's cool. Uh, he just suddenly shut down the company last week. So all the women who work for the company held a big uh, thousand person Zoom and all crowd together because they lost their life savings and can't pay their rent because they put their entire life savings tray into dirt. Into the this dirt is a, game. Yeah. Is a pyramid scheme that's even dumber than a pyramid because it was built out of dirt. Dirt, right. As opposed yeah. to, you know, stone and shit that normal pyramid. That was their first mistake. You can't make a pyramid yeah. out of dirt. Everybody should know yeah. that. Yeah. It's going to end up, you can't even get a perfect triangle pyramid shape. It's going to end up uh, just a pile. You got It's a pile scheme is what it was, Trey. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. A mound scheme. That's what they had. Yeah, uh, that's what's going on t- in, in health and wellness today. So uh, take your take your vitamins. And, but here's the the fucked up thing about this. Somebody made this point the other day. Like the F the FDA regulates medicines that work, right? If you're a medicine that doesn't work and just admits you don't work, you can just right. sell your shit in the mail or at or gas station dick pills or whatever. Right. So if like Pfizer and Moderna had just sold the vaccine at a gas station. And said that it didn't work. We could have had vaccines like February of 2020. <laughs> That's the upside down and backwards our regulatory scheme is. Like you can sure. sell dirt. Yeah, but, but you like, can't imagine, sell medicine. Well, I don't know. Everything's so upside down. That may have made the other people more inclined to take it if you put it in like a truck stop or something mm-hmm. instead of the FDA, instead of Fauci telling you to do it. Just like yeah. uh, put it beside the yellow jackets by the front counter there. And then who knows? Vaccination rate yeah. might go up in this dipshit country anyway uh so our first honorable mention for dumbass tonight is uh kirsten cinema that's right she's back she is an honorable mention for uh still having a actual ringtone apparently who doesn't just use vibrate anymore here's what i mean she's also a dumbass for being an obstructionist piece of shit so she had an interview with cnn about uh her refusing to vote for the safety the social safety net expansion and she's not committing to it and the the article says before the start of this interview on Thursday, Cinema's cell phone rang. Her ringtone is the refrain from a song in the musical Hamilton, there it is again, that includes the lyrics, You Don't Have the Votes. It's been her ringtone since 2015, the year the musical was originally released, her spokesman told CNN. I don't know if I'm buying that, Mark. Seems like some shit she would do to me. Yeah, she's uh, the context in the musical. Again, just saw it. The hit musical Hamilton. I'm uh, obscure. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Uh, but the, uh, the the context of the song in the musical is Thomas Jefferson taunting Alexander Hamilton for not having enough votes to establish a central bank. Uh, an idea which everyone now agrees is good to have a Federal Reserve, right? Right. Thomas Jefferson was wrong to taunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, she doesn't even get the context of her own fucking stupid joke. 
Yeah. I don't, dude, I don't think she cares about the context. It's just, you know, she's like, I think she just enjoy. like, I feel like she's eating this shit up, having this, like, you know, measure of power that she does. And it's her just kind of like flaunting it. Like, I bet she just thinks that's hilarious to have her ringtone be, you know, you don't have the votes when her whole thing's like, it's because it's me. I'm the votes, see? And I get to say when they have it or not. And right now, mm-hmm. they don't, as you could tell by my ringtone. Do you know how... Every uh, Pixar villain, uh, uh, probably best example exemplar by uh, the, the the bad guy in uh, The Incredibles, is like someone who was bullied as a kid, yes. and then once they have power as an adult, basically use it to try to destroy the world for making them sad earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, it feels like our society is beset by Pixar villains. Yeah. Like someone somewhere pissed off Kristen Cinema 20 years ago, so she's going to ruin the earth. It's same, you guys are Mark Zuckerberg, fucking Elon Musk. All these psychos are the same. They're just nerds who got power now and therefore want to destroy everything and enjoy being the center of attention. And uh, I don't know. I don't know if we should wedge you more or wedge you less, but something needs to be done with the nerds. <laughs> uh, producer Matt says she totally had a staffer call her. He thinks it was even, <laughs> even more contrived. But uh, yeah. All right, let's go on to the next honorable mention here. Um, COVID for throwing away its shot. That's right. Hamilton heavy episode, Trey. That's Hamilton right. heavy episode. <laughs> uh, so, go ahead. Go ahead. So, yeah. So, the, the story. So, turns out Mark Meadows' book came out, and turns out whatever we all know was true was true that C- Trump was diagnosed with COVID before the debate with Joe Biden right. and hid it and uh, showed up to the basically tried to kill Joe Biden with COVID. And before he went to the hospital, in the intervening days, those three or four days, he had somewhere between 500 contacts with different people. He had like a fundraiser. He met with Gold Star families. He went to work in the West Wing. <laughs> he also, the Gold Star families, he blamed them for giving him COVID when he knew he already had it. He met with the families of dead soldiers and said that they probably gave it to him because they insisted on hugging him so much. I was going to make a joke about wonder if he insulted them to their face before giving them this life threatening disease, you know, because like he's had run ins with Gold Star families before and being a huge piece of shit to them. And Mm -hmm. uh, but I was just going to crack a joke. I'd totally forgotten that that kind of actually happened. But after the fact, yeah, use them as a scapegoat, just shit all over them anyway. Also, Meadows says that. Before he went to the hospital, Trump's blood oxygen was 85, which is extremely fucking low. That's like yeah. you need a vent territory. He already got monoclonal antibodies. Uh, anyway, Trump got really mad at him for putting this book out. And so he's, Meadows is already denying stuff that he wrote in his own book. <laughs> and now after agreeing to testify in front of the January 6th committee, has now said he will not cooperate. So he's probably going to end up held in contempt, just like Steve Bannon getting arrested. Just because Trump uh, – Trump doesn't even have a platform anymore. He, I don't even know who, who he said this to, but he communicated to Mark Meadows that he shouldn't testify and quit being a bitch and quit putting his dirt out in the street about COVID. And he just did it. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Ah, who knows? All right. Next on, we'll mention Rand Paul for assuming that just because he happened to be kind of right about one thing one time that he still wouldn't still get roasted for it. That's right. Let's go to the floor of the of uh, the Senate here for this little clip. And we are complicit. We are arming the Saudis and allowing this to happen. Offensive, defensive, they shouldn't get any of our weapons. We should stop selling them any weapons until they stop starving the country of Yemen. President, I I find myself in the somewhat uncomfortable and unusual uh, position uh, of agreeing with Senator Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, uh, there's like a famous onion headline that's it's something it says something like in terrible news, the worst person you know actually made a good point or something like yes. that. Like whenever you yes. just hate somebody but you kind of agree with what they're saying, just the worst. Yeah, yeah Bernie uh was stuck there himself just now. This is Rand Paul gave a big filibuster in like 2000, I don't know, 14 about Obama's drone strikes. And I was like that from that moment to this moment, there has not been another single moment where I wish that Rand Paul's neighbor hadn't beaten him up and put him in the hospital. There's two bookends around uh, like seven years of being awful. But yeah, he was right about this. So we, uh, I, I got it. <laughs> 
I'm trying to figure out a way to code this enough. I have a relative who works for a defense contractor. Uh-huh. And another relative made a joke to her older relatives about how he works for the devil making weapons. And <laughs> the, one of the older people got offended and she says, to defend us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so if we stop selling missiles to Saudi Arabia to kill Yemeni civilians, right. then Florida gets invaded by ISIS? Yes. You take these fucking dots for me. Do um, that and the communists win, Mark. That's how, that's yeah. how it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every single dollar of the Department of Defense's insanely bloated budget that they have is just is directly correlated with the amount of freedom we maintain in this country. Mm-hmm. And don't you forget it, by God. Yeah, that's what they're if doing. We did, if we don't blow a hundred billion dollars in the F thirty five, which can't even fucking fly, then you know Al Qaeda is going to come in up in rowboats the shores of the Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> And just walk into the White House and take over. That's like that's definitely what's going to happen next. So, uh, yeah. I used to brief aside when I, I I've talked before. I used to work for the DOE, the Department of Energy, and the guy mm-hmm. I had a boss for a while that worked for the DOD, and he was just telling me this story. It was just like a work related story, but it involved where he used to work. It was an Air Force base, I think. And he was talking about these like fields of these old planes that they had to like put somewhere because they were like. Uh, never put into service or something like that. Like they mm-hmm. were built, but never used. And now they were trying to figure out how to disposition them. And he's telling it in the context of like, that was a hard thing for me to navigate as the person working on it or whatever. But I said, I was like, so see, like, so just an, an ocean of these never used, you know, F whatever the hell we had and whatnot. And I was like, but we can't cut any from the defense budget whatsoever. Like there's no room for anything. And he, this dude was super conservative. He was like, well, no, no, we can't. And I was like, well, what about like all those planes as an example? And he was like, well, no, see, it's important. He starts going to this thing about how like you've got to keep the like production capacity up or something like that. You know what I mean? Like basically you've got to keep your foot on the gas mark because you can't ever like, uh, you know, slip into any kind of complacency. We might lose the capacity to produce, you know, at a massive level, all these implements of destruction yeah. if we ever took our foot off the gas. That was like, you know, the way he sort of tried to yeah. backdoor the logic. So that. the last time there was like a fighter jet dogfight was probably for the movie Top Gun because it's right. just not something we do anymore. So, but we still like building fighter jets. So he turned them into joint strike fighters, which essentially mean a fighter jet that can carry one bomb. So we send a, a fighter jet drop one bomb, turn around, go home. When no other country has air defenses that can match us, we could just send a B-52, which are manufactured in like the 19 fucking 30s. Don't, like, it's, and also, we don't need to be bombing all these places, another big thing, but like whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's also that. <laughs> but just, just taking that part for granted. It's like, listen, we're yeah. going to be bombing places, okay? So yeah. accepting that. Let's talk about how we should go about it. I'm uh, trying, like in, a, in a world we have fucking nukes, I'm trying right. to figure out the point of having fighter jets. It's like with like... We're going to call up China and be like, okay, we're going to have a war. But you know how there's flag football? <laughs> yeah. We're going to do the flag football of wars. No nukes, no big missiles. We're just going to have like six on six. You're six guys against our six guys. We're going to have a dogfight over the China Sea and then winner take all, right? That's what, that's, that's what we need these planes for? I don't know, buddy. You tell me. I don't get it either. But why, uh, why don't you uh, do this Tucker Carlson one here? Because I think I right. know what this is about, but I'm not entirely so, sure. <laughs> so we talked about Lynn Wood's rampage against his, all his former allies last week, yeah. like blowing up Mike Flynn's life. And he's been doing it. To, he's mad at Sidney Powell. He's mad at uh, uh, the Kyle Rittenhouse. So he somehow um, someone doxed uh, Tucker Carlson's emails, perhaps from Hunter Biden's laptop. It's not really clear. Because apparently Hunter Biden, who Tucker Carlson has been branding as the world's biggest villain for years, here's an email exchange where Tucker Carlson is begging Hunter Biden, who went to Georgetown, for a recommendation letter to get his son Buckley into Georgetown. And Hunter Biden seems really nice to Tucker here, and he's going to do it, which he fucking shouldn't have done to help this fascist out, but whatever. It's just like the, the sheer, like... Every time I think these people are actually enemies, something like I this know. leaks out, and you go like, "Oh, it's just it's a it's a it's a little club. None of us are right. in it. All these people are just putting on a show. This is professional right. wrestling." 
that that was um, the exact reaction that I had to this too. Now this is from 2014, admittedly, but like still, it's not like Tucker Carlson has made a massive heel turn since 2014 or nothing. I mean, he's gotten even crazier, but like, yeah, he's been around doing his shit for a while. And yes, I thought the same thing when I saw this. It's just like, man, this shit is is it all just fucking like straight up theater? You know what I mean? Yep. Like they're back in, you know, behind the curtain. They're all just back there, fucking giving each other back rubs and shit, and hooking each other up and laughing about uh the robes out there in the in the the mosh pit with all yeah. the rest of us or what like it's just it, it's wild yeah it, it's just the uh, all these I, I don't have a bigger takeaway from this except it's all fucking it's all gross and it's all it's a stupid lie and uh tucker carlson uh, the, my main takeaway was that tucker carlson named his son buckley which feels like child abuse <laughs> Yeah, but dude, it totally checks out. Like, if I asked you to guess Tucker Carlson's son's name, I think you would have landed on Buckley. And yeah, you know, not that's the one draft pick. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. definitely up there. You know, Madison, Tristan, some stuff like that. But Buckley yeah. is for sure there. Um, all right. Um, so we got a got a fun one here, though. <laughs> I love this one so much. So, uh, this could be, be the last one we can do a second because I yeah, really okay. want to talk about this. Right. <laughs> so, uh, an Italian man has got caught wearing a fake arm in an attempt to avoid getting the COVID-19 vaccine. So see, we don't have a full monopoly on uh, dipshits in this country. Okay. Italy's got some too. Mama Mia. Imagine that. I know nobody's too surprised to hear that Italy's got some dumbasses yeah. over there, but they do. Uh, yes. He, he put on a fake arm and walked in there and the nurse, you know, pulled his sleeve up and said, so is this a fake arm? <laughs> so there's a, there's a quote from the woman trying to administer the shot. First of all, what she should have done is went and got a, like a big, like eight inch needle and just jabbed through the plastic, the, the latex covering. That would have been the funniest way to go about this. But so the, the, the healthcare worker, her name's Philippa Bua. Uh, she told the Italian newspaper, the Republica, it, it, she said she felt offended as a professional, adding that the color of the arm made me suspicious. It was well made, but it wasn't the same color. Colors. This uh, like Italian dude ostensibly, I guess, got a white ass arm to go try to get a fake COVID yeah. shot. I bet it also was suspiciously absent of a pelt of body hair. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, just take that Italian at all. Yeah, yeah. Bam, boom, roasted. Got him. And then, uh, so the story goes on. The shameless man still tried to persuade her to turn a blind eye to his ruse by by while injecting some levity by asking, "Would you imagine that I have such a physique?" So this yeah. is the most Italian thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. He's sexually harassed the nerd who, nurse who caught him trying <laughs> yeah. to beat a vaccine mandate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, oh, God. Okay, so let's get into some stuff here. Let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. We've talked about this before because she's been on this for a minute now. But, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene has really uh, had some revelatory moments lately, guys. She's really come to – had some epiphanies <laughs> about some things, namely – Jail sucks in this country. People are mean in jail. Do you guys know this? She's just found this out. Is this something people know anyway? Let's hear let's hear from her right here in this first clip. If you have it, Matt. We gonna do it. What are we gonna do here? They are yeah. ridiculed, where they are mocked because of their political beliefs and because of January six and because of the color of their skin. No. So there is a two tier justice system, and these are the things that need to end. I believe in criminal justice reform, but I believe it should be reform that's fair across completely across political lines sure. and skin color. Yeah. And I can sure. tell you what we saw in the DC they jail. None of that exists. It is just, uh, again, just hearing her be like, you know, our prison systems are inherently racist. <laughs> Against <laughs> like, white people. Yeah, I know. Right. And then <laughs> like hearing her say that, you're like, yeah, that's right. You know, if you don't know the context, you're like, oh, my God, she's actually on to something now. And then to find out that she's talking about the whitest people in this country and specifically, it's like they are treated so unfairly in prison just for being white idiots. <laughs> oh, heavens. I forgot to pull the video, but there was a thing. For, I think it was the Hill TV the other day. This woman was talking about Ethan Ethan Crumbly, the Michigan school shooter. She went this like two minute long diatribe about how unfair it was that they used a nice, young, cute, adorable picture of ten year old Ethan Crumbly, Crumbly, who's now a fifteen year old murderer, juxtapose it with how like the awful mug shots the newspapers pick for like black defendants in the same situation. Right. Yeah, and her takeaway. 
her takeaway was that the media does this to make you think that even young, cute white men are threats everywhere. <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about, lady? God damn, this right. is the same." This thing, right. Remember, they, remember, they, remember, Newsweek got called blackening OJ's skin for the cover of their, uh, or was it Time Magazine or something? They of his mugshot after he got arrested. It's like yeah. Jesus. That's this your takeaway that they uh, anyway. So. Um, that that whole press conference was absolutely insane. Um, Mar- Large brain Marge said that uh, the, the 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 January sixth defendants are being forced to read about critical race theory mm-hmm. <laughs> in jail. Uh, and then, but that video we just showed you might not even the best part. If you have that, uh, if you have that diet video, uh, yeah. Out when they're being force fed gluten food and they have celiac disease, and so the food that they eat makes them sick every single day to the point where they will go You're without kind of days, yeah, go days, the I'm sorry, horror. days without eating in order to just feel. Can you imagine if AOC tried to pass a bill to make it so inmates could have access to gluten free food, dude? Oh my god, absolutely. That's what that's like, dude. No, but like. Nobody gives a fuck about prisoners, man, but especially conservatives. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime, right? That's what they always say. Never giving a fuck about any of this. And it's just, again, I can't get over how funny it is. It's her. She's like, just, she has this whole sort of like tone of being like, guys, can you believe this? (laughs) Like, can you believe how bad things are in our prisons? And, you know, that she's talking specifically about the insurrectionists. It's just like, it's just so on the nose, man. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So um, it got even, at least, at least I don't even totally disagree with Marjorie Taylor Greene's complaints. I just, I don't think she actually believes them. But to, to, on the actual fucking legitimately insane thing to say, not just bad faith argument, she brought up Louis Gohmert, who went on this fucking diatribe straight out of the fever swamps of like Infowars. We have heard repeatedly since January 6th, this was an armed insurrection. And as I asked Merrick Garland and I've asked others, you know, is there anybody been charged with insurrection? And the answer is actually no. No one has been charged with insurrection. Uh, in fact, if they were going to charge with someone with insurrection, <laughs> it's beginning to sound more and more like those would be agents for the federal government that were there stirring things up, trying to get people to engage in violence. And as we heard this weekend, here it goes. Uh, apparently a guy that was given out what were later used uh, are called dangerous weapons uh, may well himself have been working for the federal government, for the FBI. Okay. As he was handing out. So now charge couple things. Uh, going back to how Marge isn't totally wrong. So the FBI does give people weapons to arrest them for planning terrorist acts. They do do that. But this is like the cartoon version of it where they're saying, this is like, remember the, this, the conspiracy theories last year about that the police were leaving piles of bricks in front of stores so that people yeah. would pick them up and then destroy property. And it was like, which I wouldn't put it past some police departments for like encouraging shit like that. But like, I did, it's never been proven or anything, but he's like combining the two things into some like Scooby-Doo plot. Did, like they're like, yeah. I was just minding my own business, just walking through the Capitol, and then some undercover federal agent gave me a taser. So of course I tase the cop. None of this is my fault. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's Louis Gomer's got a whole Scooby Doo vibe going on. Actually, yeah. yeah, he'd fit right in an episode of Scooby Doo. But yeah, no, I can mm. barely follow what the hell he was even talking about. But it's just like back to this whole, you know, it's actually the FBI that was doing it. I can't believe he didn't invoke. Uh, Antifa anywhere in that. But yeah, it's like you said, like about this whole idea of, you know, yeah, prison in this country is fucked up. It does suck. It should be more humane. There are problems with it, but it's just like, I ain't trying to hear it from these people for these reasons right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if, you know, if you want to keep that conversation going about everybody across the board. And if it was actually sincere, you know, in that Mm -hmm. regard, if you ever gave a fuck about any of the fucking, you know, uh, 
black people or minorities or pill addicted poor white trash you know who went to prison over some fucking uh opioid shit or you name it writing bad checks anything like then it would be different but you know you're only coming to this conclusion now so you can go fuck yourself these are these are people who watch like law and order and when one of the cops complains about the constitution root for him right absolutely yeah there there are if you if you we should have stronger laws against entrapment uh, undercover should have stricter rules. Uh, right. The, F- the FBI should not be able to plan terrorist attacks, have nine out of the 10 people involved be FBI agents and the rest of the one dipshit who didn't know, who wasn't in on the joke. Uh, there are organizations fighting for that, against stuff like that. Join the ACLU, Louis Gomer. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Right, <laughs> but, right. But like, you're, you're, you're not typically, you're, just, you're the same political movement that fought against Miranda rights, who fought, fights against like good public defenders, who fights against appeals, who fights against all this stuff. Like, I don't know. It's like, you don't believe any of the, you, you're just mad about one thing. You don't have any principles. That's the thing that drives me nuts about this. Is they don't believe any of the fucking shit they're saying other than the crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you could tell that words getting around in this community about how dire the uh, the uh, conditions are in prison for in the uh, in the the mayonnaise militia community. I mean, the insurrectionist community, they're uh, they're really worried about it, as you could see in this video from the famed realtor who we've talked about a bunch on here. Okay. Jenna Ryan. So here's Jenna the Ryan. deal. Yeah. I yeah. am going to prison in three weeks at the first week in January. I have to report to prison and the only thing that I can see that's good about having to go to prison is that I'm going to be able to work out a lot <laughs> and do a lot of yoga lot and of detox. Yoga. And also, I can't eat because the food is awful. No gluten-free. There's just no food. So yeah. hopefully they have, like, some protein shakes. Hopefully they and, have some uh, protein, some shakes. protein bars. Because you don't want to eat, like, like green bologna. That's what they have to eat so i'm gonna end up losing weight in prison and everyone's telling me that i'll lose weight so hopefully i'll finally get down to my ideal weight because i won't be able to drink (laughs) i won't be able to eat no i won't be able to eat like stupid stuff silver lining chips and make her shut up my all the stuff i eat sometimes (laughs) but yeah she's i mean like we we talked before about she was she was only the capital trying to build her streaming brand to help her realtor business and so now she's gonna she's gonna pivot to being a full on politics slash prison influencer. It's gonna be a fucking wild ride, man. Thank you, thank you for the content, Jen. I look forward to you, your future appearances. Okay, I want to hear I want to hear experiences when she gets out. She hasn't she hasn't lost so, any weight because like it's Bologna. This, actually, I know you also. We're not gonna take too you know we're not gonna get too deep into the weeds on this, but you and I are both fans of the HBO series Secession, right? Mm-hmm. And I know she's nowhere near on the level of the characters in that show because they're like billionaires. It's about a billionaire family but yeah. there's a but there's a prominent storyline in the current season about one of these rich white people facing the possibility of going to prison and the jokes repeatedly are basically the same thing she was just saying in real life where he's like you know do you think they'll have protein shakes or it's like I, I, i've been reading the prison blogs i wonder <laughs> if there's a wonder if there's uh you know um yoga classes in prison and all this stuff that's like played for humor on that show and she's just unironically doing it because that's that's just the world we live in now yeah i mean it's the same lady who went on her uh, on uh, her youtube and said i'm not going to prison because i'm white and blonde <laughs> so yeah. she's uh she's the gift that keeps on giving yeah yes she is okay let's see what do we got now how about this let's talk about uh do a little dumbass deep dive here on the Voltron of dumbasses teaming up to end choice. A lot of dumbassery going around right now with the big Supreme Court case and uh, uh, Roe v. Wade and all that. And one of the most egregious examples of this dumbassery was presented by none other than Heil on Wheels himself, Representative Madison Cawthorn. This is some pretty wild shit, uh, this, this clip here, if you could play it, Matt. From Carl Thorne. We yeah, there you go. Madam Speaker, imagine you've just walked out of this chamber, and outside is a gorgeous sunset. You have a Polaroid camera, and you snap a beautiful picture, and the gray photo pins out the front. You hold it and shake it, waiting for the picture to appear. But suddenly, someone walks by and snatches your photo, ripping it to shreds. You're stunned. You cry, why did you destroy my, fo- my picture? 
The person replies, oh, it wasn't a picture. It wasn't fully developed yet. All of us in this room realize how asinine that reasoning is. That photo was transforming into a beautiful image. This illustration by Seth Gruber is simple, but it's what our nation has done to the most precious image of all, the image of God. Madam Speaker, a silent genocide has slipped beneath the conscience of America. The precious works of our creator formed and... Well, right so, after that, he calls women earthen vessels sanctified oh, yeah. by the Lord or something yeah. like that. Like, he really doubles down on the whole, you know, like, handmaid's well, tale type of the type of shit that he's preaching there. But also, real quick, the fucking, even the picture thing that he starts out with is also stupid because it's like, people are, are people... Are we talking about giving forced abortions right now? Like people are coming up and just ripping the pictures up, i.e. the babies. We're ripping people's babies up against their will and being like, fuck you. It wasn't a real baby yet. And that's what we do to undeveloped babies around here. Like what the fuck is he even talking about with the picture analogy, let alone all the crazy Jesus shit that comes after it? Well, calling women vessels is sort of perfect because a vessel is an object and so is a camera. No, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So in that analogy, the woman is the camera. So it's their job just to birth the Polaroid and then get tossed in the trash like other junk left over from the 80s. Right. But who is the who is the picture ripper like in the analogy? Like the woman is the camera. The baby is the picture. Right. And we, the Antifa Antifa is the picture ripper. So if they don't do something about it, Antifa is going to come up and just rip up unborn babies like willy-nilly just willy-nilly yeah. aborting babies all over the place not how any of this works madison it, to play this analogy out it's more like if the camera had two legs and walked up to a picture ripping specialist and was like please, please i cannot God. afford this picture right now this or I have a picture medical problem. is going to have devastating economic implications for my life and every you know and also or it kill me you right know? yeah yeah right i'm this picture uh could cause me to explode as a camera. Uh, just <laughs> please get rid of this picture for me. And yeah. Madison is wanting to, you know, stop that from happening. No, deal with it, camera. The picture's more important. The undeveloped picture. Anyway, he sucks. Uh, yeah. So next on our list of people that are fucking trying to take away women's rights is uh, TV quack Dr. Oz, who has signed up to run for the Senate in Pennsylvania, a state which I don't even know if he's ever fucking been to because he lives right. in New York and New Jersey. Right. Uh, maybe he's from there originally or something. Um, so, but so up until I don't know uh, Tuesday, he was pro-choice. Yeah, but now he's right. uh, now he's running for Senate as a Republican. So he said he's at peace with efforts to overturn overturn Roe. A two year just two years ago, he called he, Oz characterized efforts to overturn Roe as a misleading and possibly conspiratorial crusade. Not only was Oz supportive of abortion rights, he seemed puzzled that people would spend time fighting abortion rights. Going so far as to say, as a physician, he is really worried about the anti-abortion movement eliminating Roe would have negative effect on women's health. So, two years ago. He was so such a professional doctor and in favor of women's health that he thought it was a conspiracy theory to even try to outlaw abortion rights. Now he's like, yeah, fuck Roe versus Wade. <laughs> right? Yeah, and, but I bet it I knew this guy matter. was a scumbag, but yeah. Right. No. Be, nobody- right. A, yes, he's a huge scumbag, and that isn't surprising. But B, like, yeah, it won't matter. That's what, like, he's saying the thing he's supposed to say now, and that's all they'll give a fuck about. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, that always works unless you're J.D. Vance, in which case you just can't hit no matter what. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go with you either way. Yeah. But uh, but typically flip flopping, that's not going to turn anybody off, I guess. I mean, I part of me, part of me th- understands it and thinks it's like appropriate and fine. They don't mind right. politicians are two faced if they get the policies they want, because like they, you, right. you, have to, you put a gun to all these people's heads. They would know that Trump doesn't give a shit about abortion. He's not. He's not. A, he's not anti-choice right. or pro-life or whatever. He's like. He's probably paid for a thousand abortions. Um, there were like the one thing Michael Cohen was running around doing. He was like representing like three of the top fundraisers for the Republican Party. He was arranging to help pay off their mistresses to get abortions. So those guys, you know, they 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 resigned, but they probably didn't have to because no one really cared. No one cares what they do personally. That's what they argue for professionally. I'm trying to think of what like the leftist equivalent of it. Like, would we have been cool? With appointing like well, Exxon CEO, uh, uh, Secretary of State, if he was very pro green energy, yeah, yes. like, like it's like I think well because yeah. like, a yes, if he was in that job, it's like better than the alternative. If we if it seems like he really is pro green energy now, then mm-hmm. that's better than him yeah. not being. But also like 
it is possible for people to like change their mind about shit. But with Dr. Mm. Oz, though, again, this is only two years ago. It elaborates in the article. He didn't just say like, oh, no, I'm pro-choice. He spent like seven minutes outlining all the very important reasons that he is pro-choice and just getting very, very into detail and elaborate about it. And then, you know, now he's running as Republican. And so now it's just no pro-life all the way. So it's very clear what has happened here as opposed to a case of like someone devolving, I guess their philosophy on a particular uh, subject. But I mean, yeah, it, and like you said, if you're right, I mean, politically you, you just play the game and then you vote for what you want and whatever. I mean, it's just kind of, just kind of par for the course. Yeah. The, uh, the real all-star, the, the head of this Voltron, if we're keeping our Voltron of dumbasses analogy, um, the guy who wrote the uh, the law that the uh, Supreme Court, uh, the Attorney General, sorry, um, from of Mississippi, who wrote the law that's going to you know end Roe, um, so he's quite a character. Uh, turns out he has a family plantation um, that celebrates slavery. Basically, it was a favorite quail hunting retreat for uh, Antonin Scalia. So you know it's fucking awesome. Uh, and so one thing he did was he bought the cabin that belonged to Nathan Bedford Forrest, a.k.a. the Confederate general war criminal who executed surrendered black soldiers, Union soldiers, and was the first wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. And he transported it to have as a memento on his family plantation. So these people are so paint by numbers. (laughs) And you could like stay in it. If you were there hunting, you could like pay extra to stay in Nathan Bedford Forrest's restored cabin. And it's just like... I don't know. Picturing that page of Airbnb is wild to me. You know what I mean? Like these people, like it's just, I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Someone be like, I want to go with the Nathan Bedford forest suite. You know, someone that's got the money to pour into the, you know, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. It's crazy. These people are crazy. But that did give me, I did that, that Nathan Bedford forest angle did cause me to surf across this today. Because yep. that motherfucking statue That's right. came down today. Yes, fuck you, you piece of shit. The if you famous statue, yes, in uh, Nashville, my beloved Tennessee. This is a very famous statue in the, around, you know, in Tennessee and around there, but it's been, it's made its rounds on the internet multiple times. If y'all have seen it, I don't know if you find that other, any other picture of it, Matt, that would let people know which one we're talking about. Yeah. He looks like, speaking of like Scooby Dooville, he looks like a, like a, character from a nine like a playstation one civil war <laughs> game or something he look, like yeah he does look, he looks like luigi rendered, yeah right <laughs> poorly rendered like uh slave owning luigi or something yeah it's fucking it's ridiculous it's been up it was on some dude's private property that guy's a fucking card too uh the guy that owned the property and the guy that designed the statue yeah. just it's just dipshits all around man believe Perfect. that or not First of all, I think this this statue went up in like 1988. This is not yeah. some fucking long ago historical statue. It looks like a piece no, of shit if you go to no. this thing. I mean, yeah, look at it, dude. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the guy, the guy, guy, uh, the sculptor, uh, his name was John uh, Carl Kershaw. He was an attorney. That's why he's a bad sculptor. His biggest client uh, was James Earl Ray who assassinated right. Martin Luther King Jr. Yep. And his defense was that, uh, that Ray was an unwitting participant in a plot devised by Mystery Man, that he was just an unwitting, you know, he's just a patsy. They're always just patsies, right? Mystery Man, I believe, named Raul, right? So it's like a, a shadow Mexican. Oh, is who yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mexicans are to blame for Martin Luther King's assassination. I'm just, I'm just, yes. a, I'm just a poor small town redneck. I had nothing to do. Um, like James Earl Ray's lawyer per, uh, putting out these like racist conspiracy theories about what really happened to Martin Luther King Jr. The fact that he moonlit as a sculptor <laughs> and this was his, you know, uh, this was the product of it was this Nathan Bedford Forrest statue. It's just uh, yeah. almost almost too much. So, but yeah. So the um, guy that owned the property it was on private property, right? Which is why it takes a yes. long to take it down. So the guy, right. the guy. He had a statue and a bunch of flags, and people always complained about it. But he thought it was uh, cool that people would drive by his property and see this awful statue of this horrible person. He said it, said it was good for tourism. This guy, we'll, we'll get to what happened with the statue in a second because it's really funny. But uh, all you need to know about him is he defended slavery and not being racist. He just said that slavery was a form of social security for African Americans, you know, because they occasionally got food, I guess. 
So he's a real piece of shit. But here's the thing that really hit for me. The reason the statue came down is like he had like a $5 million estate. And when he died, he left it all in a trust fund for his dog. So whoever the executor <laughs> of the will was is like, fuck this guy. And don't the statue down. <laughs> he didn't consult with the dog first about the statue. Yeah. The dog runs the estate now, dude. That dog's racist too. Guarantee it. Dogs uh, are often racist. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Definitely trained to be. Now this one, I'm obviously, I'm glad this statue's coming down, but this one, because it was on private property and more importantly, because it was so cartoonishly ridiculous, mm-hmm. this one, I was always like, like, it was less upsetting to me because of how easy it was to point and laugh at. Like the ones, there's a bust of Nathan Bedford Forrest that was in the fucking state capitol building in Nashville until like last year or something. And it was like mm-hmm. well done and presented like, you know, regally and shit. Yeah. And that was in the state. That bothered me way more than this fucking uh, yeah. monument to lunacy did but Actually, I, and also the fact that people were always fucking with it and throwing paint all over it and all this yeah. shit all that always the, for me too but i'm still I was gonna say yeah there's the gone. yeah right yeah the, this is how i'm gonna choose to remember you should have left up this version with a pit this dipshit riding a stupid horse with the pink red paint flowing on it that's like right. that's real big yeah right. <laughs> what a fucking dumbass uh, you get one ride on this rock and people choose to spend it carving statues of fucking racists and then washing paint off them. It's fucking wild. Okay. Well, let's uh, um, I'm gonna start trying to look through comments over here. I'm not going to be able to put them up on the screen, but uh, I'll try to read some off and you guys can let us know what you think about anything. But also, uh, we wanted to mention a, a, a um, an AI study was done by a journalist at the – was he with the Washington Post? Is that who it was? Dana – Dana Milbank did the write up that yeah Dana Milbank from the Washington Dana Post Milbank, wrote the article, right. but the, uh, the 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 AI is from some private company. Anyway, they they filtered a bunch of like sixty five thousand news articles or something through this uh, filtered look for like adjectives describing stuff, and found that uh, Joe Biden the first 11, 11 months of this year has gotten worse press coverage than uh, Donald Trump in the first eleven months of last year. Now think about what the first eleven months of last year was like. You got six hundred thousand dead from COVID with no vaccines. Um, you got uh, a coup attempt. You got him getting COVID. You got all this shit, and they're comparing it. The media is more negative and negative turn on Biden. And I don't like. I don't. I don't care about Biden's feelings or anything. I'm not some big defender of Joe Biden, but it's just really funny. Like what? Like what the fuck they're up to? It's like. So- I have a theory, and I'm pulling this directly from the innermost regions of my butt. I do not know what I'm talking about, but my speculation on that is that, like, you know, in journalism, you got to be stirring shit up. You got to maintain the state of fear. If it bleeds, it leads, all that type of shit that are just like general rules of thumb in the news media. And I feel like with the Biden administration, that type of shit is harder to come by organically than uh when the trump administration was was in power you know because every day it was some new fucking genuine existential threat with the it it was all just right there front and center but you got to keep people upset you got to keep them worried and scared and mad and all this stuff and when you've got like a boring administration in power the what you end up doing is fucking overblowing everything and making everything sound worse uh, than it is, or finding a way to spin stuff more negatively for that reason. You were a journalist. How off base am I uh, on that? Do you think? I think part of it is like you're, the 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 corporate media isn't left wing, but they are cosmopolitanly liberal. So they're bend over backwards. They, they try to to try to fight against their own biases. So they're they're really desperate to try to understand Trump voters, but their frustrations with Biden are very clearly evident. I think that's part of it. But yeah, I mean, you're right that like they they try to seek conflict. There was a stupid political article yesterday about how Kamala uses earbuds, and they called her paranoid for not wanting to use Bluetooth. When everybody who works in tech's like, no, you really the vice president of the United States should not be using fucking Bluetooth earbuds. Right, take phone calls on. Well, speaking Um, of the media, Carol Goff says, "What about Chris Cuomo getting fired? Best show on CNN." She says, I, don't, um, uh, "I mean, the entertainment value of his show. I didn't really watch a lot of it, but you you cannot use your sources as a journalist to try to attack the accusers of your sexually harassing brother, and then the ensuing investigation discovers your own sexual impe- peccadilloes, sexually harassing your staff. You're going to get gone. Um, as far as like, I always thought, as somebody who worked in journalism, I thought it was gross to watch a guy interviewing his brother. Um, mm-hmm. I I thought that was not." 
the way you're supposed to do shit. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Jim Gray asked, what about the 600 K found in Joel Austin's bathroom? Do you see that Mark? That was some wild shit. I surfed across it. He, he's not one of my arch enemy televangelists, like uh fucking uh, the, the Falwells are. So I don't really know. I don't really follow Olsen closely. He, somebody just found $600,000 in his, the, the wall of his bathroom. Yeah. There. Like a plumber or a contractor or the like found, yeah, $600,000 in the wall of his uh, bathroom. And I, and, and he it, told people, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I can keep it. Def, right. Yeah. I know. I agree. Yeah, for sure. But um, I don't know. There's a lot of like movies of that, you know, like cautionary tales of, you find a shitload of money. Of course, it's in a mega preacher's house. I mean, you know, I don't know. Mega yeah. preacher would disappear, you mark. I don't know. You got to think twice about just running off with a big bag of money, I think, because that money belongs to somebody. And, you know, yeah. you don't want to get the devil sicked on you or whatever. But, yeah, I don't know if it was Austin's go bag, you know, like his, you know, shit really yeah. pops off. He tear, he takes a sledgehammer to the wall, pulls that bag out of there, and then fucking hits the road. Or if he's just got cash shoved into walls all over the place. Um for various like nefarious away, reasons. I guess my main takeaway is that the righteous gemstones is a documentary. For sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, every single one of those people is a colossal piece of shit, man. That yeah. Kenneth Copeland, that motherfucker, he like literally looks demonic, in my opinion. Like Creflo like, Dollar, they 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 will all do fucking <laughs> spiritual drives to buy themselves better private jets. It's fucking gross. I, don't, I like, know. Yeah, and then yeah. they show him off on their channel and everything. It's like I know, Kenneth Copeland. He said that uh, the Lord wanted him to have a private jet so he they could be closer, so he could be closer mm. to the Lord, like mm. physically, you know, yeah. up in the sky and shit. Yeah. He also said uh, the Lord wouldn't want him traveling in a quote tube full of demons, which is what a Delta flight is, or just any commercial flight is a tube full of demons. You know? I don't disagree. Uh, especially I don't know. I feel like he's overrating the uh, fun factor of any given commercial flight. You know what I mean? It's not that much of a party. Um, do you uh, do you find it ironic that the, the airline with the most demons is probably Spirit? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, probably most people believe in ghosts, too. I don't know why. I it, just seems, <laughs> just seems right. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Prouty. Sorry, Michelle, if I got that wrong, says he reported money stolen at some point. Yeah, I don't remember all the details of it or whatever, but I just automatically and immediately assume it was some kind of shady bullshit that he was up to. I mean, dude, you got $600,000 in the walls of your bathroom? Like, that's some fucking... Look, you don't need cash to do shady shit anymore. We have crypto, right? Yeah. You can buy heroin over the internet with crypto. You don't fucking need cash. So there's my advice to Kenneth Copeland. Get into, get into Dogecoin. Yeah, yeah, about to, I don't know. I don't I don't see that happening. Uh just cuz you know, the crypto seems like of mm. Satan to me for some reason. Stephanie, oh, here's a good theory. A few yeah. years back the church was quote robbed. Strange how the amount found is about what was stolen. Well, there you go. Oh, he but, th so it's an insurance thing. I got you. He doubled his money. Right. Okay. <laughs> yes. He's probably done that multiple times. Uh yeah. I I just don't it's always been wild to me that people, I, whatever, it's fine. You know, you're just broadly religious or spiritual or whatever. That's fine. But those fucking people specifically, I've never understood the big like prosperity gospel televangelist types or whatever. It's always been wild to me that their whole thing is so effective on anybody. You know, um, just a regular friendly neighborhood preacher. Sure, I could say that. I know. But these people are just, I mean lunatics I, I have a bunch of like ads and uh, hats and t-shirts i bought off instagram ads so i guess it's sort of like that but for jesus so <laughs> appalachia fungorum says you can't wipe your ass with cryptocurrency mark how about that it's a good point yeah. can't set it on fire to light a cigar with it either i mean you know you think about it, a lot of implications there nowhere can't, near is fun can't rain it on a dancer can't right. do coke with it um yeah. can't rip it up in front of a poor child's face <laughs> can't smack it down when you win it craps yeah. can't <laughs> yeah. do any of that shit damn that's a yeah. really good point appalachia fungorum i'm, gl I'm glad mm -hmm. you brought that up yeah um some serious inherent limitations to the to the <laughs> cryptocurrency there has elon um, musk thought of this 
Come on. No, I haven't seen anybody pointing out. Thank you, Marcus. You can get a Weekly Skews t-shirt by going to weeklyskews.com. Uh, oh, also, shit. Okay, first of all, like and subscribe and all that stuff you're supposed to do before we get out of here. Almost forgot. Remember to do that. Uh, also, and we will remind you again next week. Uh, well, first of all, Corey Forrester is going to be back next week in Mark's stead. But Mark and I are both of the uh, white trash uh persuasion we're of white trash origin and we're ex we're white trash expats in los angeles point being over the holidays we're gonna be in uh parts unknown you know out in the the nether regions of of the south and whatnot where i don't know if y'all know this but at least in my hometown it's actually still 1993 a lot of people don't know that yeah but uh yeah so the point is we're not gonna have high-speed internet or any of that good shit so we're going to take two weeks off. We'll remind you next week, but we will be back in 2022, obviously. And we will be here next week, too. I'm just forewarning you now that uh, we're going to just disappear to into the ether you, for a bit. My situation, my mom has satellite internet that doesn't work when it rains. And I'm not sure if she could like a live stream from there, even if it wasn't raining. And the only place for me to hold up and do the show would be in my uh, special needs nephew's room. And he might walk by in the back in his tidy ways. So... My in-laws <laughs> and my house in Salina, where I grew up, neither have any internet of any kind or even cell phone service. So it's uh, it's some shit, buddy. So anyway. What the Build Back do? Better plan was supposed to have fucking rural broadband in it. Yeah. So of course that'd they, be cool. It would be cool, and that's why we can't have it. But anyway, and lastly, again, you can go to wellreadcomedy.com. Thank you, Matt. See me in Naples, Florida this weekend, Nashville next weekend, a bunch of places next year. Okay. Thank you all very much. We love you dearly. Me and Corey, we'll see you next Tuesday. And uh, that's it for this edition of Weekly Skews. Say you love you. Bye.